and it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Today, continuing on in the book of Jude, again, verses 24 and 25. Our God's glory, majesty, dominion, and authority all give us the ability to avoid being misled by false teachers. And now, with more from God's Word, here's Pastor Robert Elliott. And it really makes total sense that Jesus Christ would present the glory and the majesty and the power and the authority to the Father because Jesus has the glory. If you hold your place in Jude and go with me to Hebrews chapter 1, and I want to focus in on verse 3. Hebrews 1, verse 3, we're seeing that the Lord Jesus Christ has the glory. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It is fitting that glory would go to the Father through Jesus Christ because Hebrews 1 verse 3a tells us that Jesus has the glory. Secondly, Jesus has the majesty according to the second part of verse 3. I'll read the whole verse. And he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. The majesty of Christ. And Jesus has the power. Let's go to John 13, verse 3. The context here is Jesus is going to wash his disciples' feet as a servant king, as a servant savior, he's going to wash their feet. Verse 3 of John 13, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, God the Father gave Christ the power to utilize in his incarnate ministry on earth. And when the end and the consummation of all things, Jesus Christ will give that power back to his Father. Not that the Father was absent from the power at any time, of course. Jesus Christ has the authority. He said so when he ascended back to his Father's right hand after resurrection and after being seen alive from the dead after being crucified. And in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, starting at verse 18, Matthew 28. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus has all authority. Because he does, he gives the church that will be birthed in Acts chapter 2, the great commission, the great imperative to make disciples of all the nations. And then three participles tell us how we are to make disciples of all the nations. The first participle is go. In going, make disciples of all the nations. The second one is baptizing. In baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, make disciples of all nations. The third participle is teaching. In teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, you will make disciples of all the nations. And so we're seeing tonight 
to the degree that we see that glory, majesty, power, and authority belong to the Godhead, to that degree, and as we walk in the Spirit, as we abide in Christ as our life, to that degree on earth, we line up with the reality that's already heaven. God in glory, God in majesty, God in power, God in authority. And of course, we're told in the last book of God's word, Revelation, that both the angels and the departed believers in heaven are continuously giving God, ascribing to God glory, majesty, power, and authority. Again, if you hold your places in Jude, let's go to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. As it were, the Holy Spirit reveals truth to the aged John on the Isle of Patmos in exile on a barren, rocky island. And the Spirit of God reveals, pulls back the drapery, the shades a little bit to let John see into heaven and what it's like. In Revelation 4, verses 10 and 11, John saw this and wrote it down as scripture. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and because of your will, they existed and were created. The 24 elders will be representative of all the redeemed of all the ages in worshiping God. Worthy are you, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. And then the next chapter five of Revelation, we see more about this picture. Revelation 5, 11 to 14. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing." And every created thing which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, amen, let it be so. And the elders fell down and worshiped. We have a majestic God. May we never be trite or flippant or careless in our speech or in our attitude about him. And so when we as believers are aware of false teachers, but we are totally focused on Christ, focused on Christ as our Redeemer, focused on Christ as our Lord and Master, focused on Christ as our very life, we will be giving in our small way God glory. We will be giving God majesty. 
We will be giving God power. We will be giving God authority in this sense. We will, with our lives, be acknowledging God's glory, acknowledging God's majesty, acknowledging God's power, acknowledging God's authority, that they are inherent to his being, that they have no beginning, that they have no ending, that they cannot be diminished or depreciated or lost. And so when we, aware of false teachers, nonetheless focus on Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and life, we are doing our small part of ascribing to God what is already God's, his glory, his majesty, his power, and his authority. And as we align our minds with these things, our activities will align in response. Like when we don't look at the parked cars of false teachers we don't want to hit, but look at the empty single lane of a downtown street, when we properly understand the character of our God, it will align our daily activities. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now, today's ministry spotlight. Good morning, this is Pastor Nicholas here, and I'm the youth pastor at Calvary Bible Church, and we're here again on another edition of Youth Talk. And we're going to continue our series on social media and how we can use social media to bring honor and glory to God, and how we need to ask ourselves valuable questions on what social media is and how it affects us in our everyday lives. Last week, we looked at three different questions, and I just want to recap does your use of social media help renew your mind in God's truth? Do you use social media as a platform to complain? And do you use social media for unprofitable arguments? These are the three questions we looked at last week, but this week we want to look at three different questions. And here are the three questions we want to look at this morning, starting with number one. Do you value social media interactions more than real-life relationships? Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. You see, the reality of this is that many times we use social media and we use our interactions through social media outlets more than we use to face-to-face. And God is telling us that we need to understand that our purpose in this earth is to love our neighbors, love the people we come in contact with, love the people that we see on a daily basis. We are created to be people outside of our four walls, not people that just stay inside on our computers, our phones, but we are to be people that interact with people on a normal basis. You see, God made us for relationships. Increasingly today, these relationships can take place through technology and people can less social in real life. In fact, as you you will see in our culture today, because of texting and social media, a lot of our people don't even know how to socialize in public. They don't know how to talk to people because they are caught behind their phones, their computers, and just say things. Instead, all they do is merely know how to push a like on a picture, or I love this, or or just to send a picture of a favorite tweet, instead of really investing in relationships. You know, we need to understand that we need to take an extra step and understand that people are important, and we are to know and care about people, and this happens face to face. We shouldn't always be caught behind a computer screen and think to ourselves, you know, this is enough for us. God did not create us that way. And I know some of you are listening now on on, um, the radio and thinking to myself, well, you know, I can go on Skype now too, and I can see face to face. Well, the reality is you can. 
But that is still not the same as we need to understand we need to interact face-to-face, outside, instead of behind a computer, and, and just into the world. Because God has called us to be a light in this world, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago. He has taught us to show Him to the world that we come in contact every single day. And I think too many times we just use these as excuses and we don't do what God has called us to do. In our church right now, we are going through a series in our many churches on evangelism. And think about that. How can I evangelize? Just typing out to somebody or is it more important for me to set up a time and a place where we can actually talk? How will I come into contact with people if I don't go out of my house? You see, we need to understand that evangelism is something that's going to happen when we build relationships, and that's real-life relationships with people. Which brings us to the next question that we're going to look at. Does social media make you a healthier and more productive person? Deuteronomy 6.5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Now, some of you may be wondering, Pastor Nicholas, how does social media have anything to do with my health? Well, if we know anything about social media, what can happen is this. People go on social media every day and they see things that they don't like. Um, As we know, there are are media outlets that send pictures of people um, that that we would not rather see. Also, we see people just putting down each other on social media and it just stresses some people out. In fact, as we think of the scripture that says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And I know you may be thinking, well, physically, you know, I do what I can. But we have to understand that mentally, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever we use, it can be damaging to us. Because some of us get so caught up in this that what happens is we lose sleep because of things we have seen. We know people who get depressed. And we know the people who can't even control what they're saying because there's stories going around about them. You see, social media can be something that can be damaging to our health. It can be something that we need to understand that as we look at things on social media, it causes us to have a shorter even attention span. Because it's just so short and, and things that we read. I think that we need to understand as we, as we think of our body and we think of our mind and we think of our well-being, that again, social media just destroys families and relationships. Which brings us to our next question. Do you have any relationship through social media that you should cut off? First Corinthians 15, 33 says that do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals or bad company corrupts good character. You see, social networks like Facebook and Twitter make it easy to connect with everyone you've ever known, for better or for worse. Some of our connections can be discourage us even in our faith, as it helps us and it lures us into the temptation of gossip, slandering, bullying. Even today, as, as you think of it, many divorces are caused by discontent of spouses as they look at different people on Facebook who they may have had a relationship before. And I know this is geared to what a young person, you know, But we need to understand as adults, this affects us as well. Many relationships are damaged because of social media. In fact, we compromise so much. And we know that just as in real life, there are some people that we just need to block off of Facebook. We need to unfriend because you know the reality is they're not helping us out. They're causing more damage for us. And we need to understand that we need to exercise godly wisdom and cut off bad company that will hinder our daily walk with Christ. 
I would challenge you to, to, to even now as you think of people you may follow through Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, that you know that there are some people you need to stop following. There are some people you need to cut off. You need to stop even entertaining what they have on their social media pages because it does damage to you. It, it helps you fall into sin. You see, we need to understand that just in everyday life, where we need to cut off some of the friends in our lives that are leading us down a road of destruction, we need to understand that we need to, to go and, and say the same thing as it comes to our social media pages. I would challenge you this morning again just to look at that and ask yourself that question. Does so-and-so help me come closer to a relationship with God? Or does so-and-so lure me into a temptation of gossip and slander? I would challenge you as you think about this to really look at everything that you do. Look at the people you hang out with as we think of even outside of social media. Do you need to cut off some friends? And I know some people listen to this and think that's so harsh. But we have to understand that we need to find people that encourage us. We need to find people that are, are there for us. What I would like to do is, I, I know we are out of time this time, I would like to actually pick up on this point in our next episode because I think that we need to understand that this is something that is valuable for us to consider. How relationships affect us in our everyday life. I'm excited to invite you as listeners to consider joining us for a very special time of World Missions Emphasis at our church on March the 26th, which is a Sunday, and March the 27th, the Monday, we're going to have our annual emphasis on World Missions under the theme, Get in the Game, Change the World. Our guest speaker is going to be Dale Losh, who serves as president of Cross World Mission. Dale is a dynamic speaker, and he's going to speak four times. On the Sunday at 9.30 a.m., Dale's topic will be God's answer to Larry King, based on Luke 10, verses 25 to 42. And then at 11 a.m. on the Sunday, Dale will speak on the topic, What's so great about God? Based on Jonah chapters 3 and 4. Then at lunchtime on the Sunday, we'll have a lunch together and Dale will speak on the topic, Your Two Cents Worth, based on Matthew 10, 40 to 42. On Monday evening, March the 27th, Dale's last talk will be God Loves Mondays, based on Luke 19. That meeting will start at 7 p.m. The following Sunday, April the 2nd, we will have a special emphasis on our own Bahamian missionaries who will bring reports in the 11 a.m. worship service. We hope that you can join us for encouragement and equipping in the reaching of the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, my brother, Patrick Rutherford. Good morning, Pastor Rob. Just to remind our listeners, Patrick is the uh, Regional Director of Precept Ministries for the Caribbean, helping regular, ordinary, garden-variety Christians to get into God's Word, to observe it, to interpret it, and then to apply it to their lives. We're going to talk this morning, Patrick, about living by faith. Oh, wow. And I know that the model that you operate on with your ministry is that you are a faith-supported uh, family. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to explore what it means in your context to learn to live by faith in God. And um, let me just start by asking you, what has it meant and what does it mean for you and your family to live by faith? 
Well, first of all, Pastor Rob, um, our basic definition of faith is taking God at his, at his word mm-hmm. and living accordingly. For us, God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So when we made the decision back in 2001 to live by faith, essentially what we were saying was, God, we're going to depend on you to provide income enough for us to live and manage a family and do the work you've called us to do full time. I left the classroom in 2001, which I totally enjoyed. Uh, Mona Lisa prior to that was working at an offshore bank and we had uh, lots of extra resources to play with. When we chose to, uh, believing this is what God had wanted us to do, uh, we learned in a very practical way what it meant to live by faith. We had to make some adjustments, but he's taught us contentment or what it is to be satisfied with him. And so we don't have all the frills and the sprills, uh, the fancy cars and the fancy houses and et cetera, et cetera, but we are happy. As a matter of fact, dare I say, if you ask anyone in my household, we're happier today where we are living by faith because we know God's going to provide than when we were in the arena where we were drawing a regular salary and having more money than we could shake a stick at. That's a profound conclusion and bottom line. It's countercultural. It's a paradox to not have a a guaranteed uh, paycheck makes you happier than when you had one. That's that's remarkable. But let's let's be real as well. What is scary about living by faith? (laughs) Uh, Yesterday, Pastor Rob, my wife calls me and she says, Patrick, the BEC truck is out front. And I had to hurry up, file through my file in my mind to make sure, did we pay the BEC bill this this month? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, it's that real, uh, Pastor Rob. Uh, We take care of our bills as best as we can. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes we're able to, at the beginning of each month, uh, take care of those basic bills, but you still have a lot of month left. Yeah, right. And so trusting God to provide the rest over the last 15 years, every month has been miraculous. Uh, There's an old song we used to sing in the Baptist church that I used to go to. uh, The the, the one little line says, he's never failed me yet. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I know the joy of walking by faith (laughs) as well. And um, I think a lot of times it, it involves being like Peter, when he walked on the water, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, Jesus allowed him to walk on the top of the water. But when he looked at the, took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the water, he Great. sunk like a stone. Absolutely. And, right. And that's where we are. That's mm-hmm. where we are. Taking so, God at his word. That is such a simple and clear illustration of faith. Yes. Definition of faith. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about what's scary about living by faith. Let's turn to the positive. What's amazing about living by faith? What's amazing about it? You're free. <laughs> Because you know he's going to provide and you know he's going to do something so phenomenal at the end of the day that he's going to get all the glory. He's going to get on the honor, all the praise. And in my short life, Pastor Rob, rarely does he do it the same way mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd love to say that on the 30th of each month, a raven is going to come by and land on their front porch. <laughs> Send them my way on the 29th, all right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. But God just works in so, so miraculous ways. So our family, we are, the, the amazing thing is we, we, we just stand back and watch the salvation of the Lord. And he, and he does it. Pastor Rob, I'll give you an example. Um, Jasmine, our oldest, is uh, in her junior year at Taylor University. Yes. And uh, I remember filling out the application for the financial aspect of her going to school. I'll, I'll not say what the total amount of her school fees were, but to date, to date, in her third year, Mona Lisa and I may have spent may have spent a thousand dollars on our school fees in totality wow god just provides and it's scholarships here or scholarships here or a friend finding about it there and when we go to pay and the school says well it's been paid for hmm. and so um nothing short of the miraculous um same thing with the um our second born and our third born who are in school and so god god does things and we don't ask. We take our, our request to him. As a matter of fact, um, uh, the, the writer Paul of Philippians, and in my excitement, I, I want to look it up just so I quote him properly. But here's what he says in Philippians chapter 4. I think it is. Um, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in most things. No, uh, I don't say that. says, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And so we take delight in taking our, our needs to God. He's our Heavenly Father. He sure is. He, he is. never fails. He never fails. And uh, I think it was Hudson Taylor that said, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. Oh, i got to write that one down. I, believe I like that's that. what he said. Mm -hmm. Patrick, there's yes. bound to be precious people listening today who um, are challenged and encouraged by your testimony even a brief one about what the benefits are mm -hmm. of walking by faith yeah. and not by sight. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be a practical way that such a listener could move out with a new outlook on life, which would require faith in God instead of uh, faith in self? My faith in God, Pastor Rob, comes because of my direct involvement with the Word of God. I, I know, I know. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded. I see where God in the Bible provided for Abraham, yes. and Noah, yes. and Isaac, and yes. David, yes. and Solomon. When you read uh, uh, David's uh, prayers in the psalm, uh, when you look at the life of Job, my wife, as loomy and gloomy as the book of Job is, my wife takes great comfort in reading Job. Uh, here's a man who is blameless, upright, turned away from evil, walking before God, and, and, and all of these quote-unquote bad things happened to Job, and yet God was there, faithful uh, to the end. As a matter of fact, I think the scripture says that Job's latter was better than. And so uh, that encourages us. As a matter of fact, Romans 15 verse 4 says, So whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures we may have hope. Great and verse. Yes. And so that's where, for us, is practical. Uh, our faith in God increases with our knowledge of God. Did you hear that, listener? Say that again, please. Our faith in God grows 
or increases with our knowledge of God. That's wonderful. Well, may I better learn to live by faith and not by sight, and may all of us who are fellowshipping together by way of the radio do the same. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.